Episode 49. And feeling fine. And we have no idea what we're talking about, but we'll figure it out. I'm Liz. I'm Naomi. And we're the Rangalloway Girls. And welcome to our podcast. Yeah. And I'm going to apologize. We Today is Wednesday, the whatever. It's Thursday, the, actually. Thursday. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. And I just the published 16th. last week's Wednesday episode that was recorded on Wednesday today because it has been a freaking roller coaster for me. Yeah. Um, so usually, it, like, I had, like, a really... So last Wednesday at work, so Tuesday I go in, and Victoria, whose daughter needed a tonsillectomy, was like... Um, she, her daughter was scheduled for January. They, She goes, they called me and they wanted... And maybe this was Monday. They want to do her surgery on Wednesday. And I was like, yeah, she needs it. Like, do it. And so I had to work a long day because she was out and we were all, like, worried about Esme and, like, and she did great. So she's, like, she was actually in the office yesterday with this cute little squeaky voice, like, feeling much better. Good. um, And everything. But anyway, so I worked a long day and I had been waiting for my blood test results for my first trimester screening, which... The first trimester screening is an ultrasound, and then they do something called the multiple of the median, or the mom, so that they can compare ultrasounds, like, from 11 weeks with ones of 13 weeks. So they do that, and then they take some blood markers, but they're maternal blood markers. They're... Uh, like a protein alpha from the placenta and the HCG. Well, you want your mom to be one. My mom was one on the, like, or 1.1, it was fine, for the ultrasound, and it was one for the uh, protein alpha, but it was two for the HCG, which means that my screen was positive, and it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So we, like, rushed into genetics they, I freaked out during a test. Um, basically, they're like, it's, it's like not like this. Is just a screening tool. This just means you need more testing. Not but I've been like freaked out. Of course. So I naturally. like Kaiser basically says you do either the NIPT or the first trimester screen. And I wanted to see the ultrasound, so that's why I picked the first trimester screen. Now I know. Don't do that. Like or find somebody to right. run the NIPT first. Yeah. So just pay for that. You know. Yeah, I mean, pay for that separately. Right. And I actually talked to like. I mean, we don't have any more usable embryos at Genetics and IVF Institute, but I talked to them, and they're like, oh, we would have run that for you. I'm like, great, yeah. now I know. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it was 299 so, I was looking back at all my stuff from Julian. Well, but that's with insurance. It's like $1,000 without, without insurance. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, whatever. Ugh. So we so we go in, and she's like, well, you know, you're 13 and a half weeks. We can do a CVS test. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And they're like, okay, based on your placenta, we have to – go through your cervix and so they're like feeding a catheter through my cervix and I see the catheter go near the baby and I was like no you need to stop the test right now I can't do it so like I had all the same restrictions as if I had had the test done but uh because they did pass the catheter but they we didn't actually do the test so anyway I was like sobbing and crying and was like can you please just run that NIPT so that I can have some relief before having to wait before doing an amnio so we're going to do an amnio at 15 weeks and then the results take 10 days so we're like not going to find out conclusively still for another like you know 15 20 days 
Anyway, she's like, okay, I can do that. So the NIPT came back, like, low risk for everything. So I'm, like, very relieved. Yeah. But it's it's weird because both the NIPT and the PGT, which is, like, mm-hmm. what we did on the embryo, they test the placental cells. Yeah. And even the CVS tests the placental cells. So... And the placenta is what makes the HCG, so that's probably okay. But I have been, like, freaking out. I'm like, because what if the baby, there's still something wrong with the baby, and that's why, and my brain can't, like, stop thinking about that. I know. And so that's why we're doing the amnio, because the amnio actually tests the fetal cells. So amnios are conclusive, and it's so funny because so many people are like, oh, are you worried about the amnio? And I'm like... No, my friend Michelle was like, it's not bad. It's like getting a flu shot in your belly. I was like, oh, that's easy. Good. Yeah, and at like the difference at 15 weeks versus doing first trimester, the first trimester is more, there's more risk of loss and you don't want to do something that's going to risk losing the baby when it's probably a false positive and like. So I actually, my doctor actually addressed that because I was like, isn't there like a risk of loss with these tests? Right. She said in my 20 years. I've had two losses from a CVS test, and both of them tested positive for the disease that we were testing for. So they would have have been losses anyway. And she said that is what happens with the amnio as well. Like anytime there is a loss with the amnio, it's it's always a baby because they don't do an amnio routinely on, on like, patients that don't need it done. Right. So that's really, so. Yeah, I mean, the more crazy. testing is great. And it's also, it can also feed into this anxiety because you find out something on on a test. And we had, I mean, we had multiple things come back with both pregnancies. We didn't end up needing amnio, but both pregnancies, throughout the pregnancy, we had multiple times where there was going to be a birth death defect. There's going to be this or that. And Which then the like baby's terrifying. born normal. And Which like, is absolutely so terrifying. You know, yeah. it's funny. Um, I had... Um, intrauterine growth restriction, which mm-hmm. they used to call intrauterine growth retardation. And all my dad <laughs> nice. heard was retarded. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my dad was terrified. Um, <clears throat> but my mom is 5'2. Right. My mom is 5'2. She had been a smoker. She didn't smoke during my during the, her pregnancy with me. But based on when they said my birth date or when they said my due date was and then when I was actually born, I think they just had the dating wrong the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my, like, guess because they didn't do first trimester ultrasounds. Right. You know, they didn't do a dating ultrasound way back then. Like, right. My mom was lucky. She actually did have ultrasounds with me because there was a concern that I was going to be, like, five pounds. I was eight pounds. <laughs> and born... By my best calculation, at 42 weeks. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, 41, because my mom got so sick, too. Like, my due date was in April, and I was born May 8th. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) My due date was, like, three weeks after. I was was born, like, three weeks early. Because, again, yeah, my mom's 5'2", and tiny, and, like, I don't think her... I mean, it's funny. There's pictures of her right before I was born, and her belly is just, like, this tiny little bump. So I just think she couldn't have physically, like, I don't know. It was, like, that's all she could grow. My mom has no pictures. Like, she has, like, two pictures of her pregnant with my sister, and she's sitting down, and I'm, like, standing next to her. Like, so, like, you can't tell she's pregnant. She's wearing, like, a (laughs) moo-moo. And it's it's just sad to think. Right? Back then, they just didn't document every single thing the way we do. I mean, I I 
actually feel sad that I didn't do like weekly documentation. Like, at you can all. start. I know I still you can, can start, start, but like, it feels like because now because the growth will continue to yeah. be exponential, like yeah, the size right. of your belly. So and yeah, part of it. Start. Part of it is like I felt uncomfortable with my body from like the yeah. the IVF weight gain. Like I wasn't starting at like super fit 2019 us like you yep. did with Julian. Yeah, I'm like. I was started at, I kind of looked pregnant the moment I, I beat on the test from all the, like, GI slowdown bloating. Yeah, the hormones. All I mean, seriously, like, I feel like it's weird because in the last week, my belly has, like, has both moved up and down at the same time. Like, it's, like, consolidated, and I think it's, like, the baby is moving out of my pelvis. Yeah, so, second trimester, it's right? very funny. Yeah, 14 weeks. Penny. So sorry for that long eight-minute pregnancy Aww, no, update. We need to hear it, and it's definitely been weighing on me, too. Yeah. Like, I've been super anxious for you, and... But, yeah, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to work well, out. So we actually had, like, the thought, like... So we called the we called the clinic and we were like, um, "Are you sure you put the right embryo in? Are you sure the PGT was normal?" I was like, "I'm pretty sure you did. Can you just double check?" So yeah. they did, right? Yeah, because and then we had before. this. Then we had this like thought, "Oh my gosh, did we at, did we get pregnant spontaneously?" Oh. <laughs> And the embryo they implanted didn't implant, <laughs> and this is a different baby. Crazy, um, but no, that's no. not. We're pretty certain that this is the baby because yeah. the NIPT did show that it was a girl. And oh my gosh, my poor doctor, my MFM doctor, she's like, "Oh, did you know that like the sex the oh. sex <laughs> results are below?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, we knew." Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. she was like. I hope that She's wasn't, like, like a surprise. surprise you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I was like, no, no, we know. Oh, uh, well, yeah, things are going to work out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's but definitely been. But it was been, terrifying. It definitely is, yeah. So it's, I haven't, but. And, I mean, and, the, and you're never, like, that's the thing with pregnancy. Like, you're not out of the woods. Even no. until the baby's born. And even then, you're not out of the woods. Because, yeah, I mean. Things it's happen. a human life. And life is very fragile, like, yeah. as we know. So, like. But it's, but, you yeah. know, it's crazy because, like, I didn't even think, like. I thought like getting pregnant would be the hardest part, right? Like, because it took you know, and so long, yeah. And like, I knew that once it implanted, like, I had such a good shot, and right. like, it because wasn't it's tested already, and it <laughs> wasn't even on my mind that anything might come back on the blood work of the first trimester screen. So yeah. when it popped up at like five fifteen on, or it was like five forty on Wednesday night, so the offices were closed. I was like, what? Right. I was. And that it sucks was like that it shocked. showed up without them calling you. Yeah. Too like. Well, I mean, but, that's just how like because the law is the doc- doctors can't keep your test results from you. They can't wait. But usually, like if it's a negative thing, they'll usually call so that they're not just you're not getting. Yeah, surprised but if they the come test. in after, but if they come in after hours, like, oh, man. what's gonna happen? Yeah. Like, you know, that's the problem with like these big giant labs. True, like LabCorp or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's I'm, crazy. Yeah, things are gonna be okay. Yeah. And I mean, they yeah. also. What's also crazy is they sent my blood work to California. Like this test was run in California. Whoa. Yeah, that is kind of weird. <laughs> like, well, why? I know. It's a long Super way for nuts to travel. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, it's just insane. Like, I. I just, like, the saddest thing, though, is like I was like reading through, like trying to trying to find information on 
how the test ratios, because like what they do is they, whatever your multiple of the median is, then they give you a ratio of like, now this is like your chance. It's one in whatever number. And they want you, for one of the trisomies, they want you one in a thousand or higher. So NARS was one in 5,000. So that was great. One of them, they it's one in 270 and ours was one in 90. But like there are some people who have like, they have moms for like all the things that are off and they'll get like a one in four. And that's terrifying because right. there's still a three, like three, yeah, a so 75% chance that you're normal, that nothing's but, wrong. Yeah. Like, so that's also really like, like the, the way that the test is, presented as kind of scary right. too. Right, because like, yeah, exa- again, sometimes more information is not yeah. better because it just gives you things to think about that you weren't going to think about, yeah, like you weren't going to worry about. So, Which is crazy. But, but. The, the plus side of this, I haven't been running since, you know, like last week. And my pelvis is finally starting to heal. Oh, good. Because that was hurting even with walking. So, uh, on like our round like a min? No, or it's like... It- it's literally my pubic symphysis, yeah. which is, like, the b- very bottom of your pelvis. You have, like, it comes together, and there's some cartilage, kind of like the cartilage of your ribs. It's not really ligaments. It's cartilage, but it's soft, and it it runs, it, like, started, and it's very weird because people are like, how do you know exactly what it is when <laughs> things hurt? Because you're Dr. Liz. Right, but, like, I just know anatomy, and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Right. And so... It was, like, rubbing together on our 21-miler, probably about mile 16 in. And I was like, this is so bad. And, like, so then it hurt during the marathon. And now, like, it's finally starting to feel better because it was hurting while walking. Like, even just, like, moving around. So that's starting to feel better. And I'm, like, taping. I have, like, some piriformis in my back. Like, so that's starting to act up. So I'm just, like, taping stuff. And, like, I actually, like... I was like, I'm gonna do a prenatal lift last night, and I didn't because I Aww. like I, I got home, and by the time it was seven, I oh, was so tired. tired. Yeah, you'll have to start, yeah, figuring out a way to schedule that if you want to <clears throat> do some prenatal workouts. So, what did you pull up? There? I just pulled up. So, you just reminded me of. So, I went to um, Dr. Phil, our Cairo, uh-huh. this week. I'm going back today. He, of course, you know, he wants me in a program. You know how it is. But Dr. Yeah. Phil says hi, by the way. Oh. So, and yeah, I've got some, you know, my hip wonkiness, which is worse than after I had second baby, but it's still always been there. I've always been out of yeah. alignment. But anyway, he was telling me about this new revolutionary thing that has, it's nothing to do with, with my stuff, but it's um, for arthritis. So, it's oh. a new... Um, treatment, especially for like younger people with arthritis. So think uh-huh. of Lisa, like yeah. people who have arthritis in their forties and who, you know, they're being told can never run again. Right. So it's a new PRP treatment. That's not just your traditional PRP. Okay. It's they, they take, so instead of just taking one vial of blood, it's 16 vials. Okay. Which is a lot of blood. And so, of course, Dr. Phil did it as a guinea pig. So you better, like, get your... Get your iron up. uh, Yeah, you better (laughs) take your thorn blood builder. He has psoriatic psoriatic arthritis, so, uh, which is not immune arthritis. Yeah, and that's who it's really made for people who are, like, again, yeah, you're not... It's not your... You know, geriatric patients, and yeah. it's it's for like your you know younger po- people who are it's preventing them from working out, and so sixteen miles of blood, and basically it's like they double centrifuge it and remove not only the you know obviously the the poor the platelet poor plasma poor plasma, but they remove the white blood cells because okay. the white blood cells are actually they actually 
cause arthritis. Yeah. So when you're getting traditional PRP. So this would be for people with autoimmune arthritis. Yeah. Not for osteoarthritis. So. Well, it's actually, yeah, post-traumatic osteoarthritis as well for like after an accident. Okay. Um, So that, yeah, he sent me this article to look at and share with like any friends who we have. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, it would make sense that like. They'd want to remove red blood cells. They'd want to remove white blood cells, particularly, like, like there are different types of white blood cells, and, like, you particularly want to, like, remove the ones that, like, kind of decide what the killers are. Because right. what the what to attack, because let me tell you, those guys go crazy. Right. <laughs> so they go and they attack, you know, this, they can attack, if you put it in a joint where you have, right. if you're putting PRP in a joint where you have damage, damage it's going to assume there's an invader there. Yeah. yeah. And it could essentially, like, trigger and cause that's you know, really cool. More um, arthritis in that joint, and so like this new technique, removing that, you know, and then and then reinjecting just this very very. Here's what's cool about PRP. Rich PRP. There's very little risk. Like it, there is a possibility of a high reward. The studies are mixed depending on like where it's being used, but there's very very little risk to PRP. Yeah. There's very little risk to. They don't. It's not really in the in the populace right now, but there was a thing called prolotherapy, which was basically they inject sugar water, and there was very little risk to that. You get the risky things are when you start to use corticosteroids. Yeah. So using corticosteroids can be amazing for short term, for immediate immediate relief one time, but as soon as you have an injury that comes back after a round of corticosteroids, you really need to find out what is going on that's causing that and get to the root cause. Now, Mm -hmm. the treatment may still be corticosteroids until it's bad enough to do a surgical intervention. That might still be the best option, but you need to know that because the last thing you want to do is mask an injury that keeps coming back with corticosteroids only to do more joint damage because corticosteroids thins the skin, ligaments, joints, uh, muscles. It, it basically atrophies things as it's causing that healing. So you have to be very, very careful. Like I have actually had a bunch of, so I would get these little like scar, like I would pick, okay, I'd pick like a mosquito bite. And then it would like kind of go crazy and would turn into like a little bump that then I would keep picking. And the only treatment for them, and I have like a little flat scar on my arm now, but the only treatment for it is putting corticosteroids in. Mm -hmm. And it like makes that little bump that looks like a mole, brings it down to a nice flat scar. And so, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, I've um, been, you know, chatting with different people in like some of the um, Facebook groups and stuff and, you know, people who have, especially, you know, planter and who've yeah. used cortisone and like they're, and a lot of people tout that like, oh, that was the only relief I got was the cortisone. But yeah, I definitely agree. Like cortisone yeah. has serious risks associated with it, which the PRP, again, like the traditional PRP will not cause arthritis in your heel of your foot. Most likely it's more right. of like when you're injecting it to your knee or your neck or somewhere where right. you've got potential for arthritis but if you're you know considering the differences between the different treatments i would definitely recommend prp for your for planter even though it's going to be more expensive it's it's yeah it's way less risky and more effective i I mean i actually wonder i actually wonder what the prp 
combined with cortisone might do. Like, right, you've had a treatment of PRP, you are 75% better. Like, yeah. I know you still have issues. Okay. Maybe 80. Like, so most I know days it's still it's bothering very you. Very minimal. It's not gone, but you right. have to, like, it's, and it's hard when you had an injury that was literally causing you to cry every day, and then it's still there, but you're not crying every day. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> right. Like, it's hard to be like, I'm not, like, you're like, I'm not better at all, but, I'm, but your percentage, you know, better. Right. You're at least 70% better, right? Right. So, like with that, and it's been some time, so the effect of the PRP is gone. Now you're like kind of in status mode. It like you might want to be like, okay, let's throw some cortisone in there and see what happens, right? Like you know, if if that was if you were you know being if risky, the pain was acute, yeah, again. yeah, if the pain got acute, or if you were yeah. like, I'm already planning to take like a low volume two weeks, like throw some cortisone, let's see what happens. Like one time's not going to hurt you. Right, but it's, it's the repetitive use. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so again, it's like part. I know a lot of people who like would develop plantar through a marathon training cycle, would literally go four weeks before the marathon, get their get cortisone, like kind of have a longer taper, and then go run the marathon, go run their first right. marathon. Like, it's it's a short term fix though. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's still Band-Aid. yeah. So so yeah, interesting developments in some of these technologies. I'm glad that yeah. it's still being like experimented experimented with and like you know, so, very cool that they decide someone decided like that's what Dr. Phil was like, how do you decide to like let's take 16 vials so we can like, that. you know, cuz you want to more is better. Yeah, and like <laughs> eliminate anything that's going to cause inflammation. Yeah. And and that is really cool. It's like interesting. part we'll of me post the article. I like if I just had unlimited money, I would be like, well, my shoulder is like pretty fine but it's not perfect like let's just go ahead and throw some in there yeah what can like, i do throw like, it anywhere. let's, just, let's yeah. just throw some prp like in every joint can it be preventative like i know come on. i know i mean because i have like you know high risk joints because yeah. of my joint mobility so it's just uh it's very very interesting that is very yeah. cool. he always has cool stuff going on yeah um, and he's very excited about your pregnancy by the way oh yeah, i was like I kind so of like excited. we're waiting yeah. on some test results yeah but he was like so congratulated Congratulatory, so because mm-hmm. he he follow, he's like I follow him. Yeah, we're so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Phil. He's the greatest. Yeah. And here's the thing: I actually don't believe in. Sorry, care. Phil. I don't believe in <laughs> chiropractic like as the treatment that people like claim that it is. Like so right. many people will be like, it is the best and only thing. Like. Um, if it works for you, great. Yeah. But I do believe in what Phil's doing. Like, I yeah. feel like his practitioners really know, like, he is really listening to people's bodies. It's not a one-stop crack shop. Right. Like, he's not, you know, just cracking everybody the same way. He right. really, he also really cares. Yes. And I think that that really matters. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he's just really like just the the best guy, and he's a like he and his wife are super smart business people, yes. and I have mad respect for that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he does want me. You know, I'm gonna go in for a little while and just kind of just with my hip stuff, see if yeah. it helps. Does and your insurance cover? Well, that's the other reason I'm doing it. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> I mean, he lined it. me up for you know every other week through basically through like June. Yeah, and it's great. Grand total, three hundred bucks. Yeah. He's like... Oh, my gosh. If my insurance covered Phil, I would go see him all the time just for the massage. Just for, like, the little, like, adjustment (laughs) because I do... I am always out of alignment. Yeah. Like, so anyway... 
Um, yeah, I, I agree with 100%. you. I'm a little bit. It's one of those sciences where I'm just a little bit like, oh. but but you know what? I, but it's it it does help, like the, especially like, when I'm out of alignment. I always have to remind him. I'm like, you can't do my neck fill. Like I'm hypermobile. Like you can't yeah. do it. It will make me in pain for two. He's weeks. the only person who I trust to do my neck, but I do. I always am worried about my neck because of this the studies of the things we've shown, like blood clots and whatnot. Oh but no, my my issue is like literally, it makes me sore for like three weeks. I I'm was like, sore oh. like the next day, but then not the next time I went in. That's so good. it's interesting how like I need to kind of get used to it. First adjustment, like has he done but, the one with the towel? No, I don't think oh my so. Gosh. But he Put was a saying towel there's a connection my head oh, really? and like <laughs> it was a lot. Oh wow. <laughs> no, he's saying there's a connection like, you know, with the cervical and like yeah. planter. So he's wanting to like see if it would help my yeah. foot. Feet. I mean, you know, so, he messaged me when we were still in the thick of like IVF right yeah. before Mountain Speech. And he was like, you know, I think you have this nerve entrapment that can cause like you know, pregnancy is not to happen, and, you know, it's really sweet, and so I went in, and, but for me, my insurance doesn't cover it, and I just can't spend, no. you know, 75 or 150 nope. bucks to see, like, I stopped seeing an acupuncturist for the same reason. Oh, like, yeah. It just, is the cost is, the cost is prohibitive, and it stinks, but, like, that's just where I'm at, and, like. Oh, of course. I've tried to buy better insurance that allows us to stay in Kaiser. Right. And, like, it doesn't – it's not offered to small businesses. Like, that is really – it's really, really a struggle that you are limited by what the providers will sell you. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. that no, is we, so dumb. We pay so this much for insurance. A, and this is not a, like, running <laughs> running information. But oh, but health. Whatever. Healthcare. Yeah, health. But we, yeah, we pay so much for insurance. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous because you could literally, like, if you didn't weren't worried about catastrophic or anything else or, or long-term, whatever, you could just not have insurance, put that money into an account and spend it on all the stuff you want to spend it on. Like yeah. the amount that I, that we spend, that I, my right. firm spends on insurance, like it would be for but someone who doesn't why, have issues, they could just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go why, see. That's why I always see, encourage but. you to use it. I'm like, yes. you have this insurance, like spend the co-pays. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I am really thankful that, yeah, that and my like PT being both, both my Cairo, my PT visits being 20 bucks. And then when I've gotten dry, dry needling, it was another 30 so it was a $50 visit each time, but oh, way worth it for dry needling yeah. when I've needed it. So, um, but yeah, yeah. well, running-wise, I mean, we do ha- we can definitely chat about some. I've yeah. had a couple of people has- ask me questions lately about or, or, like, or about my or our intervals. Okay. Because, so here's what happens. I think a lot of people, and we are guilty of this too, you pick an interval and like that's your go-to interval and you get stuck in a rut with yeah. that. And so I want to just, like, encourage you to, like, try other intervals, even if they sound silly to you. Like, 1530 sounds mm-hmm. very silly, and it is it feels very silly when you go out and run but for, like, great. nothing. It's like, this is a nothing run. It's so but easy. But it feels great. And, like, you can still – you can play around with it, and you can do, like – alternate hard and easy you can alternate like you can go hard for a mile with 1530s and then easies yeah um yeah I think it's awesome and you've got you've decided to do Philly yeah we talked about that in the last podcast so that's coming up and um it's in like a three days we're leaving today and I'm like I don't really want to go for a marathon (laughs) because Um, but but you're gonna have so much fun it's gonna be good and it's just you know it's just part of like I just I'm going to have to just build myself, my confidence up, and be like, you can do this. You got this. It's my third marathon this year. And what's really funny, this is the first year in so long, 
I only did, or we only did, because we did everything together. We did one half this year. Yeah. I've never had a year where I've done more fulls than halves. That's crazy. I've had years where we've done about equal. Like, some yeah. years we did, like, four fulls that is crazy. and four halves. Like, in 2019, I think yeah. I did at least four halves Yeah, we did one half and one 10-miler. And that's it. And the rest yeah. of the races have been fulls. That's kind of weird, right? That's really insane. Well, that's, I will be doing 5Ks coming up. Yes. If I'm allowed to, I don't know the restrictions after the amnio, but if I'm allowed to run on Thanksgiving, I'll do the 5K. And then I'm going to do a 5K, like, two weeks later. For, Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I haven't been running since, so, you know, yeah. I just, That's I just okay. keep remembering that like a proper, a proper reverse taper after a marathon is 20 plus days. Right. So like the fact that I have taken like a week off is not a big deal because I did just run a marathon. Like, yes. That's what I exactly. keep like reminding myself that I just ran a marathon. So yeah, so I'm, have I'm, you decided what interval you're going to do like for the start of Philly, like how you're going to attack it? I'm still deciding. I'm kind of thinking 30 30s. And yeah. then as I get further in the race or when I have downhills, I can do run throughs. Yeah. Kind of thinking that that works out well because it, it gives you I a little more rest than 2020s. Right. It makes it so you're not really – you have a lower risk of pushing into the hot zones yeah. with your heart rate than going 2020s. Too fast with the and you ones. can always adjust to 2020s later in the race yeah. when you want to pick it up and do those 40-20 run-throughs and things like that. So That's what I was thinking I love too. That. That's yeah. a great – I love that. And like just – I think your mantra should be relax, I've got time. Yes. Because like your race is going to start, I wouldn't even say your race starts at the halfway. I would say your race starts at mile 16. Yeah. Like that's really when like, that's really when the race like is going to get tough. That's when it's going to be going and how, uh, and did you like listen to Swap the yes. last two weeks and they're talking about carbs? How's your carb oh load going? Well, I'm struggling to like, eat enough like I do not and, get those I, and this happened in. when we were trying to carb lid for a Marine Corps I tried counting that one time before Marine yeah. Corps that one day and I literally we're supposed to, I'm supposed to get 495 to 750 or something like that um grams of grams carbs, of carbs. Yeah, and, a lot. and I stop at like the end of the day I'm still at like three or four hundred and I'm like I can't eat anymore like it's you gotta like just hot. like add some sugar like you I know, think juice. I drink my carbs I think juice that's what I need to go do like, is Juice. I mean, I freaking love orange juice. I've I've been very into juice this pregnancy. Yeah, no, that was a really good tip. Is drink your carbs when you yeah. can't eat enough because you're not going to eat like ten bagels. Like I I try like yesterday I ate two bagels in the morning. I'm trying like I'm trying yeah. to like, double my like oh it's so and hard things, though. Like, graham crackers or like you know cookies like not super sweet cookies. Yeah. Uh, crackers for snacks versus chips because then you have less fat versus you know right. Because yeah, you so don't want to fill up on the fat. Very true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. so today and through the yeah, through Sunday I'll be trying to carve Pancakes, up. Pancakes, you know, yeah. that like light Waffles. fluffy carbs that you can eat a lot of. Yeah, that's I feel a good like idea. it's easier to eat a lot of pancakes than it is to eat a lot of waffles. I don't know, Zego waffles I can eat easily oh, like yeah. four of them in a city. <laughs> I've got to yeah, I've got to carb up today and tomorrow and um but yeah, so I'm feeling like yeah, I, I feel like you too, I feel like I haven't run much and then I'm reminding myself, like, think back to even some of our, when we were well-trained and, and fit, like, we, I had times where I had a period of five weeks of essentially a taper, reverse taper, um, or yeah. longer. Like, when we, when I PR'd with you at Richmond, my first sub-four, which was in 2017, yeah. like, I had ran, I had run Steamtown, so I had 
tapered for Steamtown. Then there was five weeks between yeah. that and Richmond. So there's a very long time of like very low running and yeah. still PRing. Yeah. Obviously I'm not going to PR this weekend, but like it's it's okay to have this yeah. like extended Absolutely. period of downtime. You're not your losing. body remembers you, it. Yeah. Your body remembers it. And like while we are big believers in the Galloway method and the over distance training, one of the benefits of that is your longest run, that 29-mile run, doesn't need to be three weeks out. It can be five weeks out, and you're still going to have the fitness because it is so long. Now, if you were to try to do a traditional training plan and do your longest run of 20 miles, for that to be five weeks away from your marathon, like that is going to spell disaster because you haven't done the time of the marathon in so long and that's one of the benefits of the over distance training is like that's why you know it's not recommended if you're going for PRs but that's why you can do that super long 29 miler taper for a week so two weeks later then race something like a 10 miler or a half marathon and then two weeks later go into your marathon and you're not going to not have the benefit of that long run. Like you right. can have kind of a shorter goal race in there and then still perform well in the marathon. I wouldn't say that you're going to be peak like because you didn't have specificity in like what you right. were trying to do. But I mean, I did that multiple times where I mean, my goal was more finish the marathon and race the 10 miler. Mm-hmm. Like that that was just kind of, and really like all of my paces were so even. Like if you think about it, like I yeah. was more, I was more just like running race pace. My race pace was the same the from same a five k to a half marathon. In fact, I used to open all my races with my five k. <laughs> with like five k, all of them. I'd be the like, I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, all right. So I just ran the twenty four thirty. Now I'm just gonna hold on See if as I can hold long on. as I can, and like yeah. I came pretty close. Like yeah, you know? I mean, I would like slow to like a twenty six thirty for the rest of the five k's. Right. It it's worked not a bad for me. Strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's another thing to remember is like, you know. One trick pony. You're, <laughs> but like, you're, you know, yeah, because we, that's why I know that like, that's why I decided to stick with the full. And they had at that point, I think, already closed transfers anyway. But sticking with the full distance because we just did a full. I know it will be doable. And, you know, I know I can do it. And like, that's the thing that um, I really needed to. Like, just kind of give myself the confidence of, like, and it's going to be cooler, way cooler than Marine Corps. It's going to be a perfect weather day. Like, I don't yeah. know, 39, 40 degrees oh in the start, gosh. 55 at the fin- like at the Speaking high of, the day. of perfect weather, Richmond, Richmond, Richmond this weekend. Oh, I want to sign up. Um, sign up first. So today is the uh, today's Thursday. the last day to sign up with the discount, and I was it. gonna th- I was thinking Enjoy about it. doing it anyway because just signing up with the eighty five bucks just to keep it yeah. because we don't know what will happen next year. Yeah, and if and we and okay, it's it's three weeks it's after three weeks Marine Corps, Corps and it's three weeks before CIM. No, I think it's gonna be two though. That's fine. No, okay. it's well, three. I looked at the calendar because CIM is the, is the is the seventh. It is okay because yeah. I thought CIM is usually the is it the first or second? It's the it's so the way we'll that it works is it the is. seventh. Okay, CIM is so the seventh. So it will be three weeks. I okay, think. good. So uh, because that was, it was way, the seventh year I ran it too. Okay, so so even if yeah, because yeah, I was thinking even if we decided to throw away the Richmond, if we decide if we are doing CIM, all right, let's do it. Let's sign up because let's that way it. we Yay! have it. We have it because for eighty five bucks, like you know, and, and Richmond we could always is so drop down to the half. Yes. I think you have to pay, though, at Richmond. So you only you have to pay the difference. 
Okay. But which is weird. Which I <laughs> and I think I did that. Yeah, I definitely did that because I was signed up for yeah. the full with um when I was pregnant with Julian. I dropped to the half, which was great. And what Worked we could well. do is we could find somebody. Okay, so here's how we can do it. Like <laughs> if we're if we're in really good shape and we're like CIM is the goal race, like let's do it. Like because there's like there's like different things that could happen, right? Yeah. We could be we could be doing like some training and be like, okay, Marine Corps, we're gonna do eighty percent. And and then Richmond, we're gonna do eighty-five percent, and then CIM, we're gonna do all out, right? We could do something like that, or we could be like, okay, Marine Corps is just for it's fun. Our twenty-nine miler. It's twenty-nine miler is our long run, because it is twenty-nine miles, by the way, with one right. and a half miles there, one right. and a half miles then. Richmond is our Richmond is like let's just see kind of what happens. Yeah. And then CIM is okay, now that we know what happened, but, but like holding it back. Uh-huh. And then we'd be like, okay, now CIM is like let's see what happens not holding it back. Right? Right? Or we go, "Hey, who at Richmond wants a pacer?" and we pace something really easy. Yeah. Because we which is there's something about pacing Versus running for yourself, like oh, you, yeah. it helps keep your body able to recover. Pacing is incredible. Like for me, like especially pacing something that I can that I know that I can do, like something like a four thirty. Right, something that's physically not right. Not and and peak. I would say even at this even at this stage, I could probably pace mm-hmm. a four thirty pretty easily. Yeah. Like you know, not pregnant, but at this fitness, as long yeah. as I, I wasn't pregnant, I could probably, because I wouldn't be worried about my heart rate. Um, so we could it, pace and then run fast. Pacing, so. it's like not only the, yeah, physically, obviously you're running slower, but mentally it is so much different when you are, yeah, yeah pacing someone else, because even if it's still like a hard day and you're still struggling a bit, you well, watch us get the first the hot goal day is outside of you. Time. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? Well, that's where it's like, we'll just, um, yeah, I think it's worth signing up with the discount today and just yeah. having it on our, I love it because you know, it's yeah, especially Why if not? like, we just don't know what'll happen and like, you'll be postpartum. What's and, the you know, worst? What's the worst that can happen? If we decide happen? not to go to California, right. We got this one here. If we decide not to do CIM, if we yeah. decide, yeah. Cool. I mean, I love CIM, though. It's so And fun. I still, yeah, definitely want to do it, but it's, like, just it would be good to have this one as our, like, a backup plan or part of our Part of, our part of strategy. training, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, running all the fall races is really fun, too. Yeah, I'm so excited. Like, okay, so I so wanted to bring. Richmond. Yeah. So, well, Richmond was just amazing. So, I speaking of Richmond, yeah. Elizabeth Floor did amazing, and we're so yes. proud of you. Um, but Second best time. She mentioned that she had the Halgun's deformity yes. and Achilles issues. And do you want to know who else has mentioned this? Yeah. Tina Muir. Yes. And I've heard that. And she fixed it by putting lifts in her shoes. Yes. And I am going to, I'm going to like just bring hot takes to this podcast because I love it from. Yeah, from Swap. swap. Hot takes. Hot I love take, it. minimal shoes are the problem. Yes. And low drop shoes are the problem. As somebody who low drop shoes fixed my problems, low drop shoes are horrible. (laughs) I think that they are awful. I don't think they're good for people because they, like so many people get caught up in the, well, you know, I'm trying to trying to lower my drop and then they're like well I I can only do this and I've actually been thinking about that with your feet like I've been thinking that you need to go up to 10 millimeters because you've been in fives for so long and like I was thinking about your 
your, this is so weird that I was like thinking about this because you need a little more cushion in your arch. I was wondering if maybe we could build a cushion onto your arch supports to put into your shoes. Yeah. If like, so that you still have the arch support, but then you have that little bit of cushion and it'll give you like, you know, a couple, like a millimeter or two. Yeah. And that might be better because I remember when you ran in Canvara's and literally like it broke you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because like, yeah, the, the, the trouble here too is that like a lot of the companies making the, the, the foot shaped shoes, which is what, yeah. that's what I'm trying to strive to find too, is like the wide toe box. I bought Birkenstock sneakers for Are work. They so comfortable? They're so amazing. Okay. I'm ordering more because I ordered a different pair of like work sneakers and they still have the cl- this pointy toe yeah. on them, even though they're like, oh, they're so comfy, but they're still squishing my toes yeah. in, causing the, um, like you I know, have a bunion and they're causing the issue with the planter. Is, okay. This is, this sounds really weird. Go up a little bit in a size and then take set, like uh, cellophane, like, um, saran wrap. Okay. Because saran wrap's, like, squishy, and it's not going to cause any issues, right? And you can make, like, you can stuff the toes of shoes with saran wrap. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, so the yeah. issue is a lot of those companies making the, like, the... The foot-shaped. The foot-shaped, like, Ultra or, you know, yeah, Topos. Yeah, are zero drop. They're also zero drop. And so but some... zero and drop is, Zero like, drop is bad. Way bad. And, like, <laughs> bad. I'm somebody who, like, I run in four millimeter drops. I still... I race right. in the Nike Vaporflies, which they're, they're high drop at 12, 10. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I, ha- I do... I get weird issues and like I'm the only person I know that like well actually Floyd is the other person who's also surprisingly a Galloway person right yeah who is like I'm Kinvara for everything I'm like me too yeah like are we keeping Kinvara alive (laughs) there are a lot Um, of people who love Kinvara they but very few people I know wear them as their only shoe. Yes, like true. they're like I they wear, wear a lot of people wear them for their trainer, but then like they wear like something or something for, like a little um, something a little sturdier for a long run. But I'm yeah. like I'm like long runs is when I want my Kinvara. Give me my bedroom slippers. Yeah. Um, but zero drop is not good. Kinvara is four millimeter, and something Saucony did that you know after the success of the Kinvara is they dropped a lot of their 10 millimeter shoes down to eight millimeters. So like the ride I think is eight. Yeah. And it's, it's fine, but you have to be aware of what the drop of your shoe is when you go, especially if you're switching from brand to brand. Mm -hmm. Like if you are switching from a 12 to an eight, you may run into issues. You may need to make a gradual switch. So, you know, and don't right. be afraid to or put an things. eight to like a four or five. Like, cause yeah. I wear Hoka's that are like a five, you wear the Kambaras that are four. But, right? you know, but probably with your, with your um, insoles, you're coming back up higher. to about an eight. True. Like, yeah. you pro- probably a seven or an eight just because of the way insoles are kind of made. True. They're, yeah, yeah they're sloped a bit. Um, but, I mean, again, that's, that's another thing. These shoes that we buy are $120 shoes with 15 cent insoles in them. The majority of runners should put some kind of insole that is better than the 15 cent insole that comes with their shoe mm-hmm. into their shoe. I say that as someone who believes that, who cannot do that, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But it works um, for you. Like those 15 cent insoles work for you for the most part. Like, right. Well, I mean, literally, 
I could get the, I can do the same running in like Birkenstock sandals as I do in Kimbara. <laughs> like I'm one of those weird people, and anytime I try to like add any restrictions, it causes issues. Yeah. Um, but again, like I have weird anatomy, or maybe oh, I I don't know. I I used to run in the Wave Rider from uh-huh. um, Mizuno. Mizuno, and the uh, actually the Wave Precision. Those were my favorites. I ran in those, and then I ran in the. Um, a6 DS trainer, uh-huh. which A6 DS trainer is like super mild stability, um, but they're super flexible in the toe box. But one of the issues is I would run through them really fast, like really, really fast. And the Kinvar is the first shoe that, you know, I kind of get 150 miles out of, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're only paying $54 for a pair of shoes, it's not that bad. So I'm just running through more pairs of shoes than other people, I too. I think that's also something that's been changing with, possibly with the shoe industry, I don't know, but I've seen this throughout um, some of like the Facebook groups, again, is like people saying, hey, anybody out there who is wearing... You know, Hoker and Cone, for example, which is one of the ones I wear. Yeah. Have you noticed you're not getting the miles anymore out of them? You're getting 200, 250 max. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm glad it's not just me. Right. Because I am noticing that I used to I used to wear shoes up to 350, 400 miles easily. Right. Um, you know, back like when well, Hoka had their, the other one that was very similar than Cone. changes in foam. Like foam yeah. degrades over time. The other thing is if you're buying older models, like right. Oh, no, I'm talking about new, the new ones. Right. They're but just if not you're, getting if the you're mileage out of them. pre-buying like shoes and say, yeah. like, you're buying, like, at a big sale, you're buying three or four pairs. By the time you get to that last pair, you're going to get less miles out of it because right. that foam is older. Yeah. Like, which, but, you know, but you even, just have to know that. Like, and and I like to think about my dollar per mile average. Like, my dollar per mile average is probably very equivalent to somebody who's getting two or 300 out of a pair of shoes that costs, you 160 know, 160 Yeah. Actually, my dollar per mile, mile might be better because... I'm like I'm waiting and buying the old pairs off Amazon for yeah. literally like fifty or fifty four or forty eight dollars because I I go back and forth between the men's and the women's I wear three different I can wear three different sizes with no problem like that's how like I'm like as long as they are Kinvar and not those stupid Kinvar pros although I'm gonna try them again but they are have a, they have an eight or ten millimeter drop they're and they're really stiff they're really like, different yeah they're really stiff they're not like bouncy like the um, indoor like yeah. I like the endorphin. Then just get the endorphins. Yeah, get the two hundred seventy five dollar ridiculousness. I, they're I, so good. Yeah, I can't wait to wear them on Sunday, even though I haven't yeah. worn them since they're what, gonna, Mountains of Beach. It's awesome. They're so bouncy. Yeah, it's gonna be like little trampolines on your feet. Yeah, like, it'll help me. You'll have your insoles in those, right? Yes. Okay, good. That's that's what it, with those versus the vapor flies, they. My insoles fit in them perfectly, and they don't the vapor, take away from the drop. Yeah, the vapor flies are very like. I don't know. They're very weird. I don't like the uh, the newest ones that I had. I loved my olds, which the were first the first va- ones. Vapor Pie Two, yeah. I think. I loved those. I'm gonna have to. I have to figure out like either buy a brand new pair because that's the difference too. I bought the twos from PRR. I As bought you, the like other a, ones. Yeah, an older. Yeah, I bought the other ones like from Nordstrom Rack. Right. <laughs> I also wonder how many. You know, I've heard that there are a lot of like. Um, what do you call it? Like um, fake 
you know, fake versions of these shoes out there. And I oh, really do wonder because I've been on some websites where, so they said like never buy off of Amazon, which I wouldn't anyway. Like I don't buy my shoes from Amazon. But I buy my Sockneys from Amazon. But they, but they all come from like running warehouse and stuff. Okay, yeah. As long as they're like, still coming from a... From a shoe company. But if they're coming from China, they're probably fake. And they do a really good job of faking. And I found a website that was selling both the mocks and the Rincones that I need to get a new pair of each. And they're selling it for like $87. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Because on Hoagie's website, they're still full price, like $125. And so I'm like, are they cheaper, fake? Though. Or are it's, they... That's not that much cheaper. How will I tell if they're counterfeit? I, I don't know, running them. <laughs> like, but that's what I've heard, like, people saying that you get them off of Amazon or one of these cheapy websites, and they end up being, like, counterfeit. They look just like the real Hoka, they look like the real Saucony. If and they have the real foam, who cares? I don't know how they do it. I don't know. So, it's uh, interesting. But, yeah. Um, that is really funny. I do feel like they're just not getting the mileage that they used to. It could be me, but it could, I think it might be the shoe, as I'm seeing a lot of people saying the same things. So, anyway, this, like, deformity that we're talking about that, you know, we're kind of mentioning and we're mentioning drop shoes because of this, um, it's essentially the, like, insertion of the Achilles tendon in the back of the heel. You get, like, uh, oh, my gosh, what's the thing that, Osgood Slaughters, everybody has it in high school. It's, like, the bump at the front of your knee. Oh, yeah. Like, as you're growing. Anyway, it's, like, essentially just some inflammation, but this at the back of your heel from your Achilles. Your Achilles tightens up when you run, and so there's, like, some pulling um, on that insertion, so you get some swelling, and you get tightness, and... Like, it's caused by tightness, and then that swelling causes more tightness. So it's caused by which, pumps, ladies. Like, stop wearing high heels. Well, and <laughs> caused by running, especially if your heel is dropped. It's yeah. dropped. So one of, the, one of the treatments is go to a higher stack shoe. Like, put a little bit of things. So I was thinking about Tina, who's been running. She was in ultras. And then she went to Allbirds shoes, which I have no idea what kind of drop Allbirds have. I think they're zero yeah. drop, but they're like... Just right. They're more like and casual so shoes. So she's been having that. And that then she's Achilles. with who's she with now? Oh, uh, I don't know who she's with. She's shoe-wise with now. another. But I, it's an, I, it's another like yeah. And so I think it's just really something if you're dealing with lower leg Achilles stuff, really like look at the drop in your shoe and make sure that you're kind of treating that, um, treating that uh, that Achilles nicely and not letting it kind of stretch out. So. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to find it, but um, but yeah, maybe yeah, maybe we should message Tina. Yeah, <laughs> suggest that she was just on the Today Show. So exciting! I know it was, was really so cool. cool. That so was Kaylee the first, first Down syndrome person to run. Uh, to run New York, New City, York Marathon. City Marathon. Yep. So exciting! So yeah, cool! Very, very it's amazing! Cool. Yeah. Um, she's in ultras again, or um, yeah, ultras yeah. again. So, um, I believe, but. I mean, the ultras are, I mean, I liked the way the Escalantes feel. Like, I have a couple pairs. I like walking in them. Every time I start to run in them, bad things happen, though. (laughs) Like, bad things just happen. I know. Like, I I love the idea of them, though. (laughs) I definitely made my, you know, planter worse when I wore them without, because I I didn't have my insoles in them, and... Yeah, I mean... Bad things happen. <laughs> you know, they're more like the... The Escalantes are very similar to the Kinvara. Um, and I liked the older version, the Escalante 2, I think, more than the newer ones. 
Anyway, I gave my sister love them, so I gave oh, all good. my Escalantes to my sister. Yeah, the hard part is just finding, again, like finding a shoe that has the wide toe box and yeah. the higher heel drop because the usually the higher heel drop ones, look at Nikes, like they have a very pointy, mm-hmm. what's called a tapered toe yeah. box. Yeah. So it's a tough. I mean, Ugg boots are actually great for shoes. So the Correct Toes website actually has the shoes that you the can shoes. yes, shoes that are conforming to your to not com, not conforming your yeah, feet. Yeah, so they have but like foot Correct Toes. Yeah, definitely Birkenstocks. I found them to be super toe friendly. Um, they have. I know that they used you, to have. Yeah, if you go to the list of barefoot shoes, it was on the list there. Where um, a shoe shoe list. Maybe we could go to that one. So at correctoes.com, there's a shoe list of wide, flexible shoes that you can work. Like some, you can even like sometimes wear your correct toes with them. So I would just go to natural foot approved shoes versus wear your correct toes with them. And did we talk about that um, correct toes video that I found that explained why I have planter basically? Like it's not what, I don't know if we talked about it in this show yet. So correct toes had this amazing video that, this doctor's explaining really the, the true root cause of plantar. So if you have a bunion on one of your feet, you probably mm. also have plantar on that foot or are susceptible to it. And the reason being is that by wearing these, you know, shows, shoes that push your toes in for your entire life, because little kids' shoes are a lot of times the same way, tapering yeah. it in, pushing in the big toe, you're sh- you are stretching your hallux abductor muscle on the outside of your or the inside of your of your foot of your arch, of your yeah. arch which is putting um, is cutting off blood flow to the tissue around the heel, and so what plantar it's not actually plantar fasciitis, which is inflammation. It's plantar fasciosis, um, which is dead tissue, and so it's cutting off circulation, killing the yeah. tissue, and that's what's causing the pain and causing it to take. That's why it takes forever to heal. It's not just that it's right. the tissue, the type of tissue that doesn't get enough blood flow to begin with, but you're continuously cutting off the blood flow and killing off the tissue. And so, um, yes, yeah, so the big thing was they was at the end of the video, like, wear correct toes. And I'm like, great, I've got them. Let me pull yeah. them back out and try to wear, you know, shoes that allow my toes to I can my only find one of my correct display. toes. Oh. <laughs> you can only find one. <laughs> so maybe I need to buy another pair. Yeah. Um, so they are expensive. your toes out. They, they are, are expensive, but, like, they yeah. are, like, it feels good to wear them, too. Like, it feels nice, like... Um, yeah. And so are all these toe, you know, these correct shoes. They're expensive. Like and your I, Birkenstocks. I will sneakers, tell you, but. when you get used to your shoes, right. it's going to seem very strange. When you, If you can get used to wearing bigger shoes, it is better for your, if you still want to wear, like, Certain, normal shoes. Right. Like, I really like Sperry's, like, in the winter, Sperry boots. Um if you're if you can just get used to being like a half size to a full size up so that you have that wiggle room like you get used to your shoes being floppy i hate to say that like right it's but that builds better. up the strength in your feet when you oh. have if you have like floppier like like your Converse, <laughs> your feet so have i been fixing my feet yes. by running in my floppy by being slippers? yeah because your feet then have to be stronger than if you're wearing if you're wearing orthotics I, mean, I have like my toe goes in for sure like, yeah it's not a fewer a full bunion but they both tip in because of wearing these shoes their whole yeah. lives because we if you look at when your baby's born you look at how their little toes splay it's amazing how we then yeah. destroy our children's feet by shoving and i've done 
honest, my, both my kids, like, <laughs> so, it sucks because you buy shoes not thinking about what you're buying, and then you look at them later, and you're like, <gasps> they're pushing in their toes. Oh, yeah. It's just, bad news. Just get them more Crocs. I know. That's why I'm, I'm, like, forcing the kids. I'm like, you're wearing Crocs all the time. I don't care Croc how cold boots. it is. Yeah. No, they make boots. Yeah, the Croc boots. I know. They have, like, Croc rain boots. They have, yeah. like, you can get the, um, like, the fur-lined Crocs. Yeah. And Crocs are expensive, too. So it's yeah. not like, the problem is, yeah, you still are at the behest of, like, paying a lot to keep your feet healthy. Well, but, but at least Target has those. The fake Crocs. But no, the, um, they have the little kid shoes that are the wide ones with the, with the little trolley on them. Yeah, yeah, I know which brand you mean, and I can't think of it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can find good yeah. brands out there. I just yeah. ordered some for my son off Amazon that are, like, And you can always, uh, for a kids, that have a big for wide kids, toe. it's really easy to find, like, wides. Like, you can just, like, yes. buy them wides. put them in wides. And remember, like... This is going to sound weird, but your kid actually needs a thumb in front of their, like, toe when you buy the shoe. And the moment you can only do a half a thumb, that's that shoe's too small. Size up and, yeah. It's time to move up. Like, you don't want them to get used to their toes being at the end of their shoes because that is also, apparently we don't have the same pain receptors in our feet, so it's very easy to bind your feet accidentally. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. <laughs> like, you don't want your kids to wear their shoes until they're too small. That's you want point. them to be slightly still fitting when you replace them. Yeah. But the good so. news is, yeah, you can, like, sort of start to fix it as an adult. Not, It's never going to fully f- be fixed, but, like, wa- you know, wearing sloppier shoes that strengthens up, yeah. gives you, you know, it makes your foot have to work harder. But, but not in, flip-flops. But, but, and also not, like, you don't want to just switch again and run in ultras because it'll aggravate all the problems yeah. that you have, especially if you're like me, where I do need my orthotics, but I also need to balance it out where I'm not always using the the high arch orthotic because I need to let my arches work too. Right. So there's a balance and like, you know, finding the right fit there. But, I mean. So I'll run in my orthotics, but then I walk around in Burks. So right. that I give my feet, like they have to work a little bit. Yeah. And like, I think that's the other thing in Burks, like your foot is working without the constriction of the toes. Yeah. Whereas in flip flops, you've got that constriction of the toes, which is essentially the same thing as binding. So that's why flip flops are not a great choice. A lot of people will say, oh, but I walk in flip flops. Or barefoot. Barefoot's not a good choice, apparently, especially if you're at this point in your life. Like if you start barefoot as a baby and never wear shoes, great. But we're too late in the game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's a lot of work. Toe yoga too. Toe yoga, you do toe yoga and, and like towel scrunches and, and and the calf the the calf raises. I'm gonna say like oh, that is even though it seems weird because you're tightening your calves right. that are tight. The single leg calf raises have been one of the things that really helped helped me and helped a lot That's of people awesome. out there because you do well, need to strengthen it in order to. Then we should plug the recover yeah. app because yeah. The calf the calf workout on the lower leg, all the lower leg workouts on the Recover app I need to get back have a lot of great calf exercises on them. Like, I'm going to do that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, it's really good. I really like the Recover app actually. And like, it I was just good. haven't used it in a while. I keep forgetting. Because we got Peloton. P- and I was doing PT for yeah. so long. But the Recover app is really nice. Like, I remember it, like, it's always the first time I do the exercises in a while. Even without weights, I will be sore uh-huh. when I do the exercises, especially my glutes. Oh, yeah. Like, in my glutes in places that, like, don't really get a workout. So. Yeah, any workout that David or Megan yeah. does, which they have some in the Recover app, yeah. the roaches, like, glutes, oh, my God. Yeah, single, like, <laughs> step-ups. 
I, I'm telling you, goblet yeah, squats, goblet like, squats, I, I don't even use a weight. I just kind of, like, tighten the muscle right. when I do it and provide, like, uh, internal resistance. And, oh, my God, I'm always sore after. And then, like, the next day, like, I'm sore the next day. And yeah. then the next time I do it, I'm not as sore. Yeah. Because it. that's the other thing about workouts. Like, you don't want to be sore after all of them. You want yeah. to be sore the first time you do a new exercise. And then the next time you do it. It can be hard without that delayed onset muscle soreness. Like, it is still effective if you are not getting sore. That's, like, a lot of people, like, think that they have to be sore for things to be effective. And I'm like, no, like, you actually just want to be strong. Like, right. you don't want to be sore. Not strong every single is the time. goal, so. Well, that'll be a good goal for, like, after the marathon, this, we'll start yeah. to, let's start to get some strength back yeah, in. And, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. I've just been tired, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're growing the I'm baby, like, so. someday I'm going to get the second trimester energy. Mm, someday. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, either way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, this was a fun episode. Just kind of different. Lots of different medical (laughs) advice, maybe. (laughs) And hot takes. Hot takes on shoes. Um, But enjoy running out there. And have a great time, Naomi, running the marathon. I'm really sad that I'm not running. I'm but, so, I know. Me too. I wish we were doing it together. But um, yeah, I'll I'm just try to really have glad. you there in spirit. I'm really glad I'm not running a marathon yeah, this weekend. I think it's. I think I could handle probably about ten miles, and that would be that would be about it. Yeah, like I, I'm just tired of being in pain. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not marathon ready, but um, but yeah, I sure but I'll are. be fine. But I am sure because we just did it. So I'm. You're going to have so much fun. Uh, take pictures, take videos, yeah. have fun. You know, just let it be, let it be what it is and yeah. enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And your race starts, you know, 13 to 16 miles in yeah. and freaking like crush it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great course though. I'm excited to, to be yeah. there again and, yeah. um, and hopefully get to see some cool people you know, at the to expo. see so many too. family members. Yeah. And I wish I was running the 8K though. <laughs> and I'm going to see <laughs> some. Viv came. I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. If you could at least. I know. I hope we'll oh, see some. Sign up for Richmond. <laughs> yes, let's go do that. Um, yeah, one of my someone who I grew up with. She and I were friends in like elementary school, and then she um, she's a doctor now. She married a, a guy who's also brilliant, and he's a, a professor at Wesleyan. They um, and who went to our high school. Anyway, he's running his first at Philly, and she's Yay. asked me for advice on what to bring him at the finish. She's like, I have no idea. What is he going to need? Ice? <laughs> I was cracking up. No. So I was like. You probably won't be able to eat much, but, like, I love chips and soda. Yeah. So I would say that's something you could bring him. And then I recommended, like, a warm sweatshirt, some slides yeah. or, like, recovery slides for his, you know, if he has a pair, buy him a pair. Something yeah. comfy for his feet. Some dry socks, dry gloves maybe because they might be cold and wet and he might just want some warm oh, comfort stuff. Oh, is it going to rain but still? Not going to rain, but, like, you do yeah, get sweaty. sweaty and, and also, like, if you're wearing the gloves and you keep picking up your water yeah. at the water stations, I don't know, my gloves sometimes get wet and then... Yeah. So anyway, that was my recommendation. And maybe I'll see them. It'd be fun. I haven't seen them since high school. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, yay. All right. Well, we will definitely be back next week. I can't wait to hear about how Philly goes. And... We have we have teased and promised some plans for half marathon yes. this spring, so I'm gonna get to work on those. Yeah. Um, and remember, you can register for Jeff's half either yes. live or virtual using our code RGG10 for 10 percent off. Yay! And uh, March but, March 15th to 17th will be in Atlanta. Come Woo. to Atlanta. Come join yes. us in Atlanta. It will be so fun. So so fun. All right. All right. Well, bye. bye. <laughs>